Okay. Okay. All right. Now I see my little noise bubbles. So cool. Yay. Okay. So are you going to do like a clappy thing? Oh, yeah, I guess I could. All right, are you ready to start? Yeah. Shackleton. <gasps> Go pour yourself a glass there, Missy. Ah, oh, snip, snappity, snip, snaps. I'm gonna. I thought we were ready, but then you broke out the Shackleton. <laughs> talking about something very important and that is that you broke up with me this week last week this weekend one of these days when you went and had street meat without me see i remember it differently see no because what happened was (laughs) 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 what happened was you went out with full intention to break my heart, and then you did, and now I am dead, and this is the ghost of Monique on this hmm. podcast, drinking this Shackleton. Hmm. Miserable, falling apart, heartbroken, devastated. Just absolutely crushed. It just shattered. Hmm. So, what do you have to say for yourself? Hmm. The chicken shawarma gyro was delicious. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's okay. That's all right. Okay, because I have to see you on Wednesday. All right? I will come back from the grave just to fucking bother you. You know that I'm going to hold this grudge for life. You ate my chicken skin once from my fried chicken. It was like a year ago, and I still am not over it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And you weren't even impressed with it. You were like, eh, whatever. Like, you just wasted the best part of the fried chicken for me. I didn't eat the entire chicken skin. I had a piece no. that was roughly, like, maybe an inch square, if that. Yeah, and it was too much. Okay, how dare you? You didn't even ask. Like, <laughs> it's bad enough that I share my food with you. Don't shrug. Don't shrug. Mm. Like, this is not a big deal. You know what? That's all right, Okay. The internet understands. <laughs> Thank God for the internet. Because <laughs> my own partner is like, eh, whatever. She'll live. And look at me, dying. <laughs> I, you know, like, you say all this as if I didn't, like, immediately offer to get street meat with you ASAP. That does not... Th- that is... That is not a justification for your actions. That is still your behavior is not defensible just because you immediately are like, oh, well, you know, because 
we had planned to go and we did go but they sold out it sold out yeah yeah. and like i can't be upset about that at all because we've all been waiting for him to come back to the commons Mm -hmm. and like it was like a glorious like summery weather day Mm -hmm. and so i'm glad that they sold out but this was like betrayal, okay? You know, because you look, went and you stood in the line and you bought the thing and you knew, <laughs> okay? You knew you could have had pizza. Uh, There's 50,000 pizza places that have been open this entire pandemic. You could have just gone and had well, pizza. Well, okay, so I knew, so I was, I was downtown with my daughter that day and I knew that she and her friend were going to get pizza and I didn't want to walk into the one that they were in because I was trying to like you know let them have space because I was down there doing other stuff, like getting shawarma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, if it, if it was reversed, there I would is... be sad that I missed no. out. On I would shawarma. never do that to you but because I... food is important. But I'm gonna do it, and you're not gonna care. But I'm gonna do it anyway. There is a whole row of literal restaurants. They call it restaurant row. You could have yeah, just popped in any I don't of those. Eat. I didn't want to eat any of those. I wanted shawarma. Okay. I'll run And I hope, that. I hope you do get it. I hope you take the bus downtown tomorrow and get <laughs> shawarma for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. And well, I will be super happy for you. No. You can eat it in front of me. You can call me on a video call and you can be like, I'm eating shawarma. I'll be like, it is delicious. I hope you enjoy it. I'm so tired of you. <laughs> This, like, the imbalance of dramatics is so frustrating <laughs> sometimes. Because <laughs> I'm ready to burn it all down, and you're like, but maybe. And I'm like, no, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> We're burning shit down today. That's what we're doing. We're choosing violence and chaos. And you're like, eh, let's, let's find some harmony. Ooh. Let's all just eat as much shawarma as we can. Yeah, well, I intend to at some point. Good. Someday. I hope you do. I'm so angry. You're just making me angrier. <laughs> I cannot possibly be more dead than I am right now. And here you are. <laughs> so anyway, now that we have covered how much you hate me, I guess we can finish the rest of this podcast episode. Although it is a good segue because our topic for this evening is going to be cooking. Yes. So I'm really excited to get into this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have zero notes, which I'm sure is not really surprising at all because, like, I don't know how often we ever make notes. Which I'm sure is not at all apparent from listening no, to this. No, obviously yeah. this is so polished and well put together and scripted, like... Uh, <laughs> how could you mistake it for anything but? <laughs> All right. So one of my favorite things about you, I'm going to say this because I'm a good person and I want you to know that despite the heartbreak that I'm feeling, <laughs> my favorite thing about you is your spice cabinet. I mean, I know that's not you, like, you know, but that you are, like, that is something that's important to you, is having flavorful, like, very Mm -hmm. vibrant tasting food, Um, which I appreciate because, you know, you're white. (laughs) 
Um, and at this point in my life and experiences, I have uh, not had that particular <laughs> that particular experience. Um, and so it is refreshing and it's great. And I love to see you like ad lib in the kitchen like mm -hmm. when you're just like super wing dinging it it's like great but mm -hmm. when you're following a recipe you follow that shit to the letter and i'm like motherfucker i know it says two cloves of garlic but can we maybe bump it up to six all right hold on a minute that isn't the kind of thing that i would be following to the letter you a know recipe that no 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 garlic no, you know okay, that I would garlic. be generous with the garlic. No, generous the, the, with the garlic. But the, the recipes that I follow to the letter are usually either if it involves baking, because that's chemistry, and so right. quantities matter, or if it's something that I'm making for the first time and I'm un and I'm unfamiliar with the flavor combinations. I like to have a good baseline. Fine. But otherwise, I I, I will totally cop to being a stickler for the recipe those times. I mean, we have definitely had some minor disagreements about like spices and then like i will just like plop something extra in mm -hmm. and you're like okay wait no we have to do the math on this now and <laughs> i don't give a fuck about the math because my ancestors will tell me when to stop putting cayenne pepper into like the chili you know <laughs> it's only only in those cases where i'm i'm concerned about the recipe mm -hmm. all right that's fine <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> I've I've experienced different. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um but <clears throat> I am not like a big fan of cooking with people mm -hmm. in, like ever at all, but we have a really good time in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And so I like your your kitchen vibes are like my favorite kitchen vibes, except on Thanksgiving, but any other time. So just <laughs> uh, just so you know. God, yeah. Like I don't want to get into Thanksgiving, uh -uh. but I'll just say that it was I think stressful for everyone. <laughs> yeah. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> we will. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I. I really enjoy when you cook and you listen to your ancestors because, <laughs> like, the stuff that you make always comes out very delicious. Like, if there's a food that you've made that I want to have again, it's not like a named recipe, so yeah. I have to describe it. I have to be like, can you make that, that chicken thing with the the cheese and the, the taco sauce? Like, that thing. Yes. And you know what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's But it's just... Like, I have to kind of, like, describe the process, maybe, like, draw mm -hmm. a picture or something. Yeah. And... Very recently, I had a conversation with um, an organization that I do, nonprofit, or a nonprofit organization that I do volunteer work with. And we were talking about, like, these, these meetings are very, like, ad-libbed. They're not, like, you know, they don't have a topic. They don't really have, like, a flow to them. And so they very quickly jump into... A thousand different subjects. And I okay. mean, like, I know, the, fucking I know the meeting anything. you're talking about. Yes, now. <laughs> the Sunday meetings. Yes. Okay. And um, so, yesterday's, because it's Monday, I thought that it was Tuesday. <laughs> yesterday's oh, was about is, four hours it? long. Yes. It, okay. Yes. And one of the topics that came up was it was, you know, rooted in misogyny, was that you know, women don't cook anymore. Like, women don't know how to cook anymore. Like, the generation coming up. 
Okay. And like, I don't ever remember being taught how to cook specifically. Like my mom never took me into the kitchen. Like my mom wasn't a baker when I was like, when I was old enough to learn how to do these things, she had stopped Mm -hmm. baking because, you know, she attributed that to some weight gain and some negative feelings and experiences. And so she didn't bake anymore. Um, and so like my mom never took us into the kitchen and was like, here's how you do this specific thing. Here's how you make Mm -hmm. rice. Here's how you make this this whatever and so and she also like never worked from a recipe like i never Mm -hmm. we never had cookbooks we never had like a recipe book we never had a recipe fucking printout like those things just did not exist um my mom did everything from like memory and just super Mm ad-libbing and like oh my god i'm gonna say this and like i pray Like, do not yell at me, ancestors, because you know for damn sure what I'm saying is the damn truth, okay? Like, as an adult, having tasted food that, you know, follows a recipe, having gone to, like, five-star restaurants where, like, quality food is served, Mm -hmm. I don't know where the fuck in my brain I thought that this woman was, like, a good cook. (laughs) You know? Like, everything is, like... Like, fried, like, once I got out of those particular, like, ways that I remember seeing my mom cooking and, like, oh, you know, this is just how you do it. This is how you do it. And when, like, I started ad-libbing in the kitchen myself um, and started following recipes and especially, like, when we were – and we were vegetarian for a few years and nobody in my family was a vegetarian that I could reach out to and be like, hey, do we have any, you know, recipes or thoughts on this? Uh, so I had to rely heavily on like Pinterest and cookbooks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so when I realized that like not only could I follow a recipe and have something really good tasting, but I could also use like some of my previous knowledge of like spices and like mm-hmm. flavors and combinations and then, you know, you know, up it a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm no longer vegetarian. That's over. Um, but I remember, um, like, learning how to make steak in mm-hmm. a way that, you know, allowed for it to be exactly the kind of steak that I wanted to eat for the rest of my life. Okay. And then going, like, and then allowing my mother to make steak in the house. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to fucking die (laughs) Um, because, you know, it was the complete opposite of like, but this is what I grew up with, you know, and like, I thought that was good, but then I tasted better and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, it's, it's interesting to me to be told that like women aren't taught how to cook anymore. Women just don't know how to cook anymore because I learned all of this like myself, you know, I mean. I still, I'm not going to say at all that, like, what I make is the best. I definitely am, you know, I'm constantly, like, just throwing shit together and hoping that, like, it's edible. I think that, I think that you do a very good job of ad-lib cooking. Thank and you. I, and I think that um, while maybe you don't know how to make a lot of different things. No. <laughs> the thing, the things that you do are comfortable making come out very well. Yeah. And I don't mind. I feel comfortable like following a recipe. I can totally do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, I think it's really unfair to expect people, women, especially because you know that 
typically that responsibility falls on the woman in the household. Right. I think it's not fair to expect them to bring in, you know, children into the kitchen to teach them specific ways to cook. As, and, like, I've done that. Like, my kids have helped out in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, like, my two older sons, you know how they are in the kitchen. Like, they love to bake. Great. And they love, yeah, yeah the Baking is like their thing, and I I only thank wish God. they liked cleaning dishes as much as they like baking. Same, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I heard, <laughs> um, but I, I it's a lot that... of responsibility to put on someone who already has a lot of responsibility in the home. <laughs> yeah, I I think the problem I have with the statement that women don't know how to aren't taught how to cook anymore is the usage of like both women and anymore. Yeah. My daughter, she loves cooking and baking. Yes. And she does it on her own all the time. And we do stuff together. And it's great. And she's very good. She she can bake and cook a lot of different things. And she does a great job with it. And she yes. loves to learn new recipes. And she'll find them on her own. And she'll make them. And my son, he can make eggs. And I believe he's made macaroni and cheese before. Yes, he has. And he can like bake basic things that have simple instructions in the oven. It just doesn't have a lot of interest in it. Yeah. I mean, they are both kind of conforming to gender roles, but like it's <clears throat> coincidental maybe, or I don't know what's behind it because I invite both of them to cook with me all the time. He just mm-hmm. isn't interested. And I know yeah. that his mom does that with him too. He's just not into it. Yeah. Which is okay. I mean, I'm saying everybody has to cook, although I am worried for him. And when he gets <laughs> to be an adult, he's going to have to cook for himself. <laughs> well, he's going to be starting from a very early spot. <laughs> We'll just give them lots of ramen and a tea kettle. You know, these kids and the way that they make ramen, it is so shameful to me. (laughs) And I love it because your daughter calls it college style ramen. And I'm like, you're not even there yet. Hold on. Like, don't suffer this way until you have to. (laughs) Um but, like, even my kids will do that now. Like, they'll make – because, you know, it's it's fewer dishes, it's mm-hmm. less effort, and it's, you know, a very quick thing. Even though it technically – the way that they make it mm-hmm. takes longer. It's just less effort. Got it. I don't understand these kids at all. But anyway, I'm sure that we'll just send them care packages of, like, Pop-Tarts or something. <laughs> We'll make sure he survives. Mm. All of us together, we'll we'll make sure it happens. <laughs> I, I made I made ramen very plainly until just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I had some some pho. I think or maybe I had I had a bowl of ramen at a local restaurant, and they put a bunch of different stuff in it, and mm-hmm. and that sort of kind of inspired me to experiment with what I put into the ramen, mm-hmm. and and that's been a lot of fun. And then we watched that. Oh, the Epicurious channel on YouTube. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, I, yeah. So for, for you listeners, um, Epicurious is a food channel uh, and they have a, like a whole YouTube presence. And they have a couple different like series of videos. And they have one which is like they take a, a dish and then they'll have a, a, like a home cook, like just an average person, mm-hmm. make it, like make their version. And then they'll have a professional home chef, like someone who might be hired out to cook for other people in their homes. And then they have a professional actual chef who went to the Culinary Institute. They'll each make their own version. And so you can kind of see like what the gamut is of different qualities. And some of them are very similar and some of them mm-hmm. are like wildly different. The one for ramen was, was such a hoot because 
the the person the the amateur person the level one person they um they made it with like dried ramen like in the packet and they yeah they added some vegetables i think they even put an egg in it maybe I and think then so. the, <laughs> yeah the top level the top chef um they they started off with like a fish and then like they boiled it to get like some of the chemicals out of the fish that thicken this yes. the broth and and then it was just amazing and it looked so delicious <laughs> yeah but anyways i i it's only recently that i started really experimenting with ramen um but i did it college style for a very long time i just i didn't know there was other ways to cook it because i hadn't had it any different ways right so when i was living in hawaii mm-hmm. um one of my first like culture shock experiences was with ramen so like hmm. i'm from new york city I'm from the projects, and we called it Oodles of Noodles. Oh, yeah. That's what we called it, too. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. like, I don't know if that's, like, a, like a you know, I, like a... I didn't know it was ramen until college. So I was yeah, okay. In, I, I was in, like, my early 20s, I think, when I heard it called ramen. I was very confused, because we always called it yeah. Oodles of Noodles, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I get to Hawaii... And I'm like, I have made my first friend and we're, you know, hanging out and they grab a packet of like the the ramen and they just sit down and like pop it open and start crunching it like it's a snack. And I'm like, first of all, what are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing with that packet of oodles of doodles? And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is Simon. And I'm like, first of all, you are so wrong right now. Like everything that is happening is wrong. Everything you're doing is wrong. Um, And apparently that is a thing. Like, so first of all, it's definitely called Simon in Hawaii. So for eight years, I called it Simon because nobody knew what the fucking oodles and noodles was. And I had to get back into the habit of oodles and noodles, but nobody fucking called it oodles and noodles out here in Ithaca. It was fucking ramen. And I'm like, oh my God, can y'all just fucking find one cohesive name for these motherfucking noodles? Like, I don't understand. And they're like, well, it says it right there on the package. It's ramen. And I'm like, fuck you, okay? (laughs) It says oodles of noodles on there too somewhere. I know it. So yeah, that was like... Was oodles of noodles a brand? Um, no, I don't think so. It it is like, it's like a, it was like the slogan or the tagline or whatever of one of the brands. Okay. Um... I don't know how the hell we got to oodles of noodles. Yeah, I don't either. But I, I know that like my mom called it that when I was little. Yeah. And, yeah. I don't know. I, it's, that's funny. You're, I haven't heard that phrase like in many, many years. Yeah, I have. I had to stop using it when I got here. Ugh, it was it, yeah, or when I got to Hawaii, I guess, because it immediately you know moved on to being called something else, and I was just like, yo, <laughs> I need, I need. I need one just like consistent name, please. <laughs> it seems that it's ramen. Um, I guess that's I guess that's like the right thing. Culturally, I think we've collectively all settled on that. Yeah. From via the internet. I'm, I'm mm. sad that it's not oodles of noodles anymore mm-hmm. because like that is just very reminiscent of growing up in the city, which when I was living in Hawaii especially, mm-hmm. like that was just another thing that set me off. Like <laughs> 
really? Like, you moved me away from my friends and my family, mm-hmm. the school that I loved, the school that I was about to go into, mm-hmm. and you bring me to this place where they call fucking oodles of noodles Simon? Like, <laughs> can you have made this experience any more terrible for me? <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like, it was like added to the list of just shit that made me never want to visit Hawaii ever again. (laughs) Um, And I'm sure, listeners, that you're like, what the fuck is this bitch on? Because I'm I'm certain that most of you at least are ready for any vacation in Hawaii that might be thrown your way. But I was a teenager and I was not happy. (laughs) And it has colored my whole experience of Hawaii. I'm ready to go on vacation. I'm ready mm-hmm. to go. I am fucking, you can like take me the next city over and I'm ready. Okay. Just, I want to not be in this apartment. I'm tired of your <laughs> fucking house. I am tired of the commons. I am tired. I am tired of the garden. I want to go somewhere different, even if it's just mm-hmm. a little bit different. And I want to have time and space. But even then I would not be going to Hawaii. Been there, done that. No, thank you. That's a very long flight. I'm not interested. (laughs) Yeah, it is very long. On the ramen thing, though, continuing, I have developed several different recipes for the kids Uh because my 13-year-old likes his spicy like his mama, and so Uh I make spicy ramen for him and I, and then the other kids are like, nah, they can't handle Uh it, so I make it just a little bit more flavorful for them but not spicy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we have, like, the times where we make it all fancy and we throw mm-hmm. in, like, the egg and mm-hmm. vegetables that the kids fucking hate and, like, a little bit of soy sauce and some pork mm-hmm. and, like, make it all up. Uh, and I feel like that's, like, the solid comfort food choice in this yeah. house, <laughs> especially recently. <laughs> <sighs> so... I'm yeah, grateful for good. ramen, Simon, and oodles and noodles. <laughs> <laughs> I have enjoyed getting to grill food. That's been fun. Ooh, I yeah. Didn't ha- I didn't have a grill till last year. Mm-hmm. I, as you know, I just got a new range, and it's yes. gas. And yes. I am so excited because I haven't had gas in a few years. I mean, I haven't had a gas range <laughs> in a few years. Right. <laughs> um. And cooking on gas, again, especially on this really nice range, mm-hmm. has been so great. Um, and i like, looking forward to having the kitchen finished so that it's in the, its proper setting. Um, I, so, yeah. hold on, because okay. I don't know if we've talked about your kitchen renovation. <laughs> I don't know if we have either. I'm I'm getting my kitchen redone within the next month, within the next four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been pulling down the cabinets myself to save on labor and speed it up. Um, but the contractors haven't started yet. I have my new fridge and my range. I have all of my cabinets. Mm-hmm. I, I so I'm working working with a kitchen designer, which sounds like all like posh and fancy, but. Like, it's not like working with an architect where you're paying them for the plans and then you have to build the thing. My kitchen designer also sells the cabinets. So mm-hmm. she makes her money on the markup on the cabinet sales. Right. 
and the cabinets look very nice so happy about that the kitchen the kitchen renovation involves removing a wall to I can't wait. expand it i'm gonna yes. have an island yes um i'm really stoked like it's yes it's gonna be great <laughs> and i'm so excited to cook in it it's gonna be like two-thirds done I'm, I'm not having the hanging cabinets put in right now uh we're just we're trying to break the work up into pieces yeah. so that save on costs because as anyone who's ever done this will tell you kitchens are fucking expensive <laughs> and i i don't want to say the amount of money but it's a lot yeah um, but worth it though it's oh totally agreed yeah. i mean like it's not my kitchen but i know <laughs> that i'm gonna be there yeah. sometimes and like yeah. i look forward to totally destroying it with you <laughs> I'm just, I'm looking forward to having like different flooring that's water resistant. Oh my gosh, yes. Countertops that are not Formica or whatever, vinyl. I don't know what our countertops are. I don't know are. what the hell they I are. Th- <laughs> I think they're Formica. They look, they look nice. I mean, they're not, they're not ugly or anything. It's not peeling back or whatever, but the new right. countertops are going to look really nice. Uh, so there's like engineered stone, which is granite and it's not granite. It's this stuff that's made from acrylic. It's called, I think, Corian. Yeah. And... It it's looks, really pretty. It looks like stone, but it's made yes. from acrylic, which is just wacky. It's um, it's weird. It then not only does it look like stone, but it feels like it too. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I was really surprised when like I saw the sample of mm-hmm. your of your countertops, just yeah. because like we talked about it. You told mm-hmm. me that it's not like it's not granite, it's not a stone, mm-hmm. but like it's this like engineered thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was expecting it to feel like sort of plasticky, I guess, yeah. you know? Yeah, same. But no. no and so it was a really cool surprise. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very unique texture. Yeah. So anyways, it's going to have it's going to have more storage and it's going to mm-hmm. have more space and more like real estate for like preparing food and I'm very excited about it. Yes. All of my stuff is currently in another room, all, <laughs> yeah. like with the exception of like a handful of dishes and cups and mm-hmm. a few like ingredients that we use frequently, like garlic and some herbs and stuff. Everything else is in the other room, so you have to go out there to get it. So it's just chaos in there right now. It is, huh. yeah. <laughs> um, but, oh my gosh, I've been like super over the moon for your kitchen renovation since you started talking about it and like nothing like i know that this sounds it does sound like super pretentious fancy or whatever but like this is ithaca Mm -hmm. and even though like your kitchen designer is super knowledgeable Mm -hmm. and she has a really good like um she has a good like insight on yeah not only like what would work best for your specific situation but also for you and like what it is that you like like you don't mm-hmm. want rose gold and marble and all this nonsense like you are like very like you want it to be crisp and clean and like simple but mm-hmm. also like functional and she right. really like knows how to put all that together yeah um in a way it's... that like is is good <laughs> it, what she understands that i want something that is affordable Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm not looking for just burning money in this, but right. also at the same time, I want something that is aesthetically nice 
and is of reasonable quality. So your kitchen is getting renovated. Mm-hmm. We're going to cook all sorts of ridiculous shit in there. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I I am ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have already used your range, and it's really amazing. So <laughs> I am very, very excited to, like... <laughs> <laughs> really break it in <laughs> one of one of my favorite like i it has it has two little things that are such minor things but when you when you turn the range on it does the click 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 when it's mm-hmm. lighting but immediately after it's after the flame is burning it stops trying to ignite it yeah every other gas range i've ever had on every apartment that i've ever lived in you turn it to ignite and then mm-hmm. you turn it back to the temperature you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I can turn it all the way down to low and the flame doesn't go out. <laughs> Mine does. Yeah. yeah. No, every <laughs> other range I've ever had, uh-huh. if you turn it too low, the flame goes out. Yes. And this doesn't do that. Yeah. And and then also when you when you turn on the oven, it says preheating and it shows a little progress bar like you're downloading a song oh, off Oh my the god, internet. yeah, that's so cute. <laughs> and, and then it has like such a polite little beep. It's like yeah it's not like it's not like this loud shrill terrible thing but like (laughs) but like also my worry is that you know sometimes you have a shit ton of people in that place Mm -hmm. and like it's gonna get loud and who's gonna hear the (laughs) oven preheat who's gonna hear the timer go off i'm sure it'll be fine you know like i'm not super concerned but like (laughs) i bet there's a volume control for it i need to look at the manual yeah um my own gas range is old as shit Mm -hmm. and like it doesn't do any of that fun stuff but Mm -hmm. that it is a gas range Mm -hmm. is so enough for me (laughs) i don't know at this point like if i could ever like really see myself living in a place where there was an electric range. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, ugh. I'm just, like, I, I work so much better with gas that, like, the, ugh, I don't, yeah. I, I can't. I don't know how people manage electric ranges. <laughs> I really don't. But, you know, good on them because the, I the don't have that, that I, tolerance anymore. <laughs> the thing I always get whiplash about is on an electric range, you have to remove a, a pan from the burner when you turn it off. I still do it. Because it's still hot. <laughs> yeah. And on a gas range, you just turn the flame off and then it's done. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> I still move it off. Like, yeah. I've had this gas range for almost a year now, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm still like... Let me move my kettle over to the other right. side because it's cool. Yeah, Habits. whatever. It's it's <laughs> habit. Like, I'm just used to it. And that'll just live on forever. Okay. So, complete change of topic. Yes. I need to talk about a spice that I really like. Mm-hmm. That I only recently discovered, what, a year ago? Maybe, no, no, probably like two years ago. I think okay. it's when I got the cookbook. And it is sumac. Oh, I was going to say, are you talking about the Mediterranean cookbook? <laughs> oh, yes, I am. So I have, I, I don't have the author's name handy, but I got this cookbook on clearance from a Borders or Barnes & Noble. I, it was um, a chain bookstore mm-hmm. and it was on the like clearance table. And so I got it for like 10 or $15 and it's just like beautiful, hardbound. It's like an inch thick. It's gorgeous. Yeah, and the recipes are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, author is a Persian woman, 
and the recipes are largely Middle Eastern, like Iran and Turkey and Iraq and a couple of Arabian dishes, lots of wonderful spices. Yes. Um, but there is, but sumac is a spice that I had never used before. And the best I can describe it, if you haven't had it, is it's similar to the flavor of like flaming hot Doritos or Cheetos. Yes. <laughs> but like, but not, not with the heat. Right. Like not, not the spice. Like if you can imagine taking this, the, the heat out of it and bringing the heat down a little bit, mm-hmm. just that flavor. Mm-hmm. And there is a, a recipe for char-grilled chicken and you marinate it in like a sumac, lemon, garlic, and a couple other herbs. Yeah. And, oh, it's so, so fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and then really the other good. thing that I learned to make from this cookbook was rose harissa. Oh, my fucking God. And I, I had never cooked with rose petals before, mm-hmm. but it has actual like food-grade <clears throat> rose petals, like yes. dried ones. You just crack mm-hmm. them and break them into mm-hmm. it. And a, ro- a little bit of rose water, and then it's just like super hot peppers and garlic and a couple herbs yes and you just puree it in a food processor and it's it's so wild because when you like when you first taste it like if you put it on chicken or whatever else it has like a hot experience when you first taste it Mm -hmm. but then but then it doesn't have that like afterburn no it's it's clean and i think it's the rose that does it but i know i know you love this one the fruit and nut couscous. <laughs> okay, so so this this begins this begins with a pan of uh, you you clarify some butter and add some razal hanout um, uh-huh. or like it's a warm spice. Yes. It's a warming spice blend like cinnamon, ginger, cardamom, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. And you add that to it, and then you add in some chopped dates and chopped apricots, and you kind of let all of that warm and get going. Mm-hmm. And you add some pistachios, mm-hmm. and was it was it blanched almonds? almonds? Yeah, blanched almonds. Blanched almonds. <laughs> yes. So after you add all of those, then you take this uh, couscous that you've like. Um, I use Israeli couscous because it's like the larger. And you take that that you've already like prepared with water and everything, and then you combine it all together and you mix it, and then you put it on a plate, and then you take cinnamon, ground cinnamon, and you. The directions are funny. You actually have to pour it between your two fingers, like you hold yes. your fingers just a little bit separated, to make it look like the spokes of a wheel. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So it looks kind of like an asterisk made, a large asterisk made out of cinnamon. Yeah. On top of this mound of like couscous with like fruit and nut. It's so, it's, it's like this yeah. jeweled like deliciousness. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> it's, <sighs> it, but it makes the kitchen smell like. It's so fragrant. <laughs> so good. From the start though. Like, yeah. From the very beginning of the process, you start mm-hmm. with that like very nutty like butter and then you have like the sweetness of mm-hmm. like the fruits, yeah. and then you get the fucking pistachios and the all. Oh my god, it's just yeah. it's a whole ass experience. And if I ever go to prison for killing someone, <laughs> that's gonna be my last meal. Okay. <laughs> so the the thing about that 
I would make it more often except the prep time for it. Mm -hmm. It's easily, easily an hour of prep yes. before you can even begin because you have to you have to shell all the pistachios and skin them like and yes. peel them. Yes. And you have to blanch all the almonds. The pistachios alone that that takes easily 30 to 40 minutes <laughs> even with two people doing it. Yeah. But, but it's, man, it's, it's worth it. So worth it. It's yeah. so good. Although like Going back to the rose harissa, because mm -hmm. I had not, you know, cooked with rose petals or anything like that. And yeah. I'm not really a fan of, like, roses. Like, I don't really like the scent and I don't mm -hmm. really like the taste. Like, I've tasted roses. I've never, like, cooked with them. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was a really exciting experience to, like, order, like, the little mm -hmm. tiny, like, food grade rose petals. Mm -hmm. Um, and then to put them in, it's like, okay. <laughs> but you don't really, like, what I think it does, and I think that you hit it, is, like, it probably just balances it out with the rose mm. water and stuff like that. But I've never tasted a single hint of rose ever. And I've definitely mm -hmm. put, like, you know, like, an actual petal in my mouth. And I've yeah. never tasted rose. But that shit, that rose harissa, whew. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> Like, the everything out of that cookbook so far has been a fucking <laughs> godsend, basically. Um, and now I'm sad, because I don't know when was the last time I don't... I, like, I was just thinking, we're having that cookout this weekend. Yes. And that seems as good an occasion as any to make it again. Both okay. things. Yeah, I'm yeah. there. Yeah. I'm there. I will be there. I mean, I was going anyway, but, like, I will really be there now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have definitely considered just maybe not showing up. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fucking event. <laughs> right. So, I guess that's what we're making for this weekend. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was, there, there was the one, or no, it was a rice dish. Mm -hmm. And it had gem and pearl rice, or, or pearled, pearled Persian rice. Hmm. Or jeweled person rice, something like I don't that. that. It had shelled pistachios. It had saffron. It might have had blanched almonds, mm -hmm. and I think diced apricots. A couple other things, but the the ingredients were meant to look like different kinds of jewels. Mm -hmm. um, it was very it was very delicious, um, but it was the the first dish that I cooked with saffron. And if those of you that have cooked with saffron before know that it's like you put. I have a tiny little thing. It's the size of a matchbox. <laughs> I think it was yes. like thirty dollars, and yeah. it's not even full all the way with saffron. But you only—it's—it's it's so potent. You only have to use a couple, like threads of saffron when you cook with it, because yeah. it's just it—the the flavor is so strong. Saffron is so fun. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I—I—that's been one like getting to know saffron and like how it works. That's mm -hmm. been a really fun experience in the last couple of years. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I, like, my mom never used saffron. I never mm -hmm. thought about saffron as a thing. So I, um, I got it specifically for this cookbook because mm -hmm. the recipes required it. Mm -hmm. If you are someone who enjoys cooking, find cookbooks from other countries, cuisine from other countries, and then learn how to make them because it pushes you in directions that you like maybe were never aware of before yeah oh remember the preserved lemon oh my god yes <laughs> so it's oh. okay so this is a weird thing you you take a jar it has to be airtight and you like juice 
I think like six lemons or something. Mm -hmm. And you have to cut them a certain way. Um, and then you juice them and you put salt. Like and a lot of salt. A lot of salt. <laughs> a couple bay leaves. Um, and a lot of salt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a ton of salt. Did I mention the salt? Because there's a lot of salt in it. There's a lot of salt. And it's basically just salt and lemon juice. Um, yep. Side note. If you have any cuts on your hand that you weren't aware of, oh, you will know, you'll you'll know. be aware of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you um, you have to let it sit in the airtight jar for about two weeks. Um, and then after that, you can just remove like bits of, of the lemon. And it's actually the lemon peel that you eat. Mm -hmm. the, the pulp all kind of dissolves away in like the lemon and salt mixture. The, the salt content and the acidity of it is high enough that... As long as nothing is breaching the surface of the lemon juice and salt mixture, um, no bacteria will grow in there at all. It's <laughs> it's it's it completely unviable for anything. Yeah. Um, but the but the rinds become like the, the consistency of like a gummy bear, and it doesn't taste sour. It doesn't really taste salty either. It's, no, it's kind of it's like a like a muted sour patch kid sort of. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. It's good. I was worried. Yeah. Um, but it's really tasty. It still has a lemon flavor. Like it yes. feels like oh, the lemon. Yeah. The lemon flavor is like, it's like distinguishable. Mm -hmm. And there's like a little spike of like the tangy yeah. lemon. Um, but it's not salty to the point where it's like, you know disgusting it's not yeah. even close it's really really good it gives like um ups the buoyancy of mm -hmm. like a dish like it just makes yeah. it that much brighter um it's really good stuff but like the process is wild as fuck mm -hmm. yeah. um and that you're eating just the lemon rind is right. also like the strangest shit ever um, oh oh do you remember the, and it takes the... forever <laughs> yes um do you remember the pomegranate one Oh my gosh, the, the yeah. pomegranate salad with the yeah. like pistachios and stuff. Yeah. <gasps> so like basically all these Middle Eastern recipes use pistachios because apparently yes. they just grow everywhere there. That's the, nice. <laughs> this recipe was like a mixture of pistachio and then it had mint, mint yes. leaves, mm -hmm. um, pomegranate. And I want to say there's a little bit of lemon juice. Mm -hmm. And then was it, I think it was parsley. No. It no. was cilantro, but, but we some of us said. hate yeah. fucking right. cilantro, and so you use parsley. Yeah, for, so yeah, the me, recipe <laughs> the recipe is cilantro, but you can use like uh, flat leaf parsley works fine as a substitute. Yeah. The mint and the parsley like add like a very kind of um, not alkaline, but like cooling. Yes. So and then and then the pomegranate, you know, is like a very tart kind of flavor. Um, the pistachios. Don't do much for the flavor, but it adds nice crunchiness to the texture. Mm -hmm. But but again, it, it balances the coolness the coolness of the herbs and the tartness of the pomegranate seeds are sort of like balanced out. It's yeah, like yeah. if you've ever had a gin and tonic, like gin on its own is very strong. Like it's a very strong flavor. And so is tonic on its own. Like it's right. Like drinking either one of them on their own, you have to brace yourself. But together, though, they, they really complement and blend well. And my experience with a lot of Middle Eastern food has been that that's 
kind of the outcome. And that's mm-hmm. like one of the things that I, I really enjoyed about that is learning about all these new uh, like flavor combinations. Yes. I, that reminds me of the going moving to a different continent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have my annual traditions of Swedish baked recipes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And so I have learned to greatly appreciate using freshly ground cardamom in bread doughs. Yes. If you ever use a recipe that requires cardamom, don't use powdered cardamom. Get the cardamom pods, crack them open individually to get the seeds out, and then grind them up in either a coffee grinder or like I have a mortar and pestle because I just like the tactile experience mm-hmm. of using one. Um, but you can use a coffee grinder. It's, it's fine. Uh, but using fresh cardamom, it's it's like a really bright flavor. Like it's it not, it's not like the weird bitterness that ground cardamom has because it's like been right. sitting for too long. It's it's like um, remember if you ever had uh, what's that chewing gum with the flavor crystals? You know the one I'm thinking of. I I know what you're it's thinking. Like a, of. It's a mint. It's a minty. Yeah. Like I want to say not maybe extra or. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, it might be, but I'm not okay. really sure which one. Cause there's a bunch now that have like flavor crystals. Or do you remember certs? Remember certs? No, the, I don't. Uh, they, I mean, I know, I know what they are. They're like the breath mints. Yeah. I never had them, but okay. yes, I know of okay. them. So they like the certs and then the chewing gum that I'm thinking of, that I can't think of the name of, they had the, like the little like crystal additives yes. of, of like mint like mm-hmm. capsules that when you're chewing it, it's like, ooh, you know, it's like <laughs> like sparkles. Yes, sparkles of mint. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that's kind of what this tastes like. So I, I make, um, there is the National national Swedish Cinnamon Bun Day. Oh, uh, I love it. <laughs> Kanye Bullendag. And um, that is every, I want to say October 12th. Yes. Well, it's in October. I don't know the day yeah. specifically, but I'm going to put it on my calendar. <laughs> so I make I make the dough from scratch. Like I get yeast and I make the cardamom dough completely from scratch. I let the yeast rise. We roll them out and you make the, you know, the cinnamon sugar and almond uh, or uh, sorry, um, marzipan. And you like roll them up and then you bake them individually and put um, pedosulcar on top and um they're they're delicious it's it's different than like american cinnamon buns we put the icing on top yeah this doesn't use the icing it has the pearl sugar on top instead um but they're they're very good good. yeah Yeah. they're so fucking good and i was you know obviously conditioned to the ones with the icing (laughs) and i was like what (laughs) um so yeah, my first experience with Cinnamon Bun Day, which is like literally the best day ever of all days in this whole life. Um, it's a it's a real thing, by the way. I'm not making it this is. up. No, it's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Sweden has a national day for like because um, uh, so Sweden has the uh, tradition of fika, f i k a, which yes. is like taking time in your morning to have coffee and like a sweet treat with a friend or something. It's like a, mm-hmm. a cultural thing. Um, and so like Swedish cinnamon buns are, or other baked goods are a part of that. They're very good. I love cinnamon buns. <laughs> <laughs> I am here for cinnamon bun day. I'm sad. We only do it once a year. So on fat Tuesday 
or a Fetisdagen, um, I made semlor, which are cardamom dough like buns, like but not they're not rolled. It's like a like a ball, and then you you kind of like decapitate you slice the top off to make like a little hat and then you dig out the inside a little bit and you put this like mixture of um breadcrumbs and um it's not it's not marzipan it's well, you basically make marzipan from scratch mm-hmm. um it's the breadcrumbs and pureed almonds and a couple other things um and you put that paste in the middle and then you make you take fresh whipped cream and then you put that on top and then you put the little lid back on top of it. And <sighs> they are tasty. <laughs> They're so good. And then my f- my favorite of the holidays, because it's a pun, is Wolfeldagen, which is March 25th. And the reason I know that it's March 25th is because that's nine months to the day before December 25th, which is Christmas Day, right? Uh-huh. And so Wolfeldagen is actually... Vorfrudagen, um, which is Our Lady's Day. Mm-hmm. So it's <laughs> it's the day that uh, you know Jesus was ostensibly conceived. Oh my god! <laughs> and so Vorfrudagen sounds a lot like Vofeldagen, and Swedes are huge fans of puns, apparently. And so Vorfrudagen, Vorfrudagen <laughs> yeah, became Vorfrudagen. And so that's Waffle Day. It's Swedish Waffle Day. And so this year, on March 25th, we had waffles. Remember? Did we? Yeah. You had chicken and waffles. Oh, that's yeah. right. Oh, my <laughs> God. I, I think it was the same week that we had our first vaccine. Like, we had oh. our first vaccine on Friday. And earlier that week, we had uh, waffles Oh, that's together. right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It was a whole thing. I yeah. fucking remember now. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like I'm not the biggest fan of waffle day just because like I'm not the biggest fan of waffles and or mm-hmm. breakfast foods at all, period. Um, which please don't kill me for like <laughs> listeners. I hate fucking breakfast foods. Um but all of the other sweet days are fantastic, and we mm-hmm. should definitely start celebrating them at least once a month. <laughs> like, I think they deserve more honor than we're giving them. <laughs> I, I would I would make cinnamon buns more often, but they're very time-consuming, and it yeah, makes a lot. Yeah. And I don't need to eat a whole batch of cinnamon buns on my own. Like, I want to be clear that I would never participate in these particular things. I am happy to, like, you know, reap the rewards, but it would be culturally <laughs> appropriative for me to jump in the kitchen. And so I just really appreciate being able to watch you do this. <laughs> um, so far, I have not put my hands in any cardamom dough and unless it's like already cooked and like, you know, mm-hmm. making its way into my face. Um, and that is the experience that I do like. So <laughs> I feel like we should just do it more frequently because I don't, you know, really participate in the kitchen. And I, I like well, that. <laughs> I have a whole cookbook of Swedish cakes and cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that a lot of the ones that I've made, let's just say that American food is significantly sweeter and more loud about its flavors than yeah. than I would say that Swedish baked goods are. Um, 
which are a lot more kind of reserved. Yeah, I would agree. Not not, not reserved, but like it. Um, there's a a Swedish word called lagom. It means like just enough, like not too yes. much, not too little. And and they definitely have that. Sometimes I think it could maybe maybe a little bit more, like it's a little bitter or whatever. But it's maybe a personal preference. I think that the best way to like describe it is with the cinnamon buns Mm -hmm. because you know the typical american cinnamon bun has that very sweet Mm -hmm. um you know icing that just you know you drench the cinnamon bun in Mm -hmm. but the swedish cinnamon bun has pearl sugar which Mm -hmm. is sweet but not overwhelmingly so and you're not yeah. like you know throwing like pounds of pearl sugar you're just like lightly sprinkling yeah but it's so good like it does still have like a hint of sweetness but it's like perfectly balanced with like the rest of the cinnamon bun and the brightness of the cardamom and like you know that like it it's just it works it fucking works and i was very hesitant because i was like i know yeah, you're gonna you put were. more sugar on that shit right <laughs> like can i have like an extra can i have a side of sugar yeah. please um but it's so fucking like perfect and delicious it's, and amazing it's really it's better when you have it with coffee it makes the experience of having coffee that much better warm and with coffee Mm -hmm. and i don't do like when i have coffee in the morning it's just coffee i cannot have coffee in breakfast i cannot have coffee in anything else it is Mm -hmm. just strictly coffee but i make exceptions for (laughs) cinnamon bun day because it is so fucking phenomenal it makes everything better like the cinnamon bun is better (laughs) the coffee is better my life is better everything just falls into place (laughs) yeah it's really nice for that one day, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I just I just I love the idea of Fika, like of, of making a very intentional plan mm-hmm. to take time out of your day and sit with another human and have like coffee and a sweet treat. Yeah. And I I, I find that very fantastic. I think for you though, like it it's not so fun. Because if you have caffeine, like, after, like, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> you'll be awake for three days straight. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> it's, it's close. It's not... It's not so... Like, I don't think that I would do it at, like, 4 p.m. But if it's, like, around lunchtime and it's one cup, I'm fine. I've had six cups of coffee today, and I'm exhausted. I can't fucking <laughs> wait to pass the fuck out. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> um... But I I also, like, when we first started dating, mm-hmm. um, you know, you showed me, like, the, the Swedish cookbook and you, like, mm-hmm. introduced me to Fika and mm-hmm. the Lagom. I, I Lagom. Yeah. yeah, I can't say it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that, like, that was kind of one of the things that, like, we had um, sort of, like, applied to our relationship until, mm-hmm. like... That whole shit exploded. (laughs) (laughs) The first time. And like, and like it was too much immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like the idea, like when, when I think about where we are now, Mm -hmm. like it feels like, like our time spent together is like just enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm. so I feel like we're, we're like really... It took us a while, but we're, like, better embodying and, like, you mm-hmm. know, practicing 
um, like just enough. Like we're not overwhelming each other with each other's presence or underwhelming. <laughs> it's yeah. like a good balance. It's a good thing. I hadn't considered that, but that's that's a very good point. And, and I think that's actually like I was talking a lot about balance with the Middle Eastern food, too. Yeah, I I. I'm seeing that as a kind of a recurring theme for this episode and it's um it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And and I would I would agree. I I think the important thing about Lagom is that like balance it doesn't mean having less or being modest. Right. And it, and it doesn't mean indulging or pushing yourself to excess. It it means, you know, having having balance. Having balance means not abstaining from drinking. Right. But it also means not being a lush. Right. It means having a little bit, but not too much. I like the fact that you're allowed to have, you're, you're allowing yourself to have experiences and to enjoy things. Yeah. And just, but also not having so much that it gets old or that yeah. it's becomes problematic or something. Yeah. But I, I would agree that like you and I right now are, it's good balance. I, I you know, we have, we spend a lot of time with each other and then mm-hmm. we have time apart. And I think that having the mixture of both has been very good. Agreed. It's been really nice. It feels like that was something that, like, we really wanted to practice when we first mm-hmm. started dating. But, like, it's only now that we're actually <laughs> figuring it out. Yeah. yeah it's been a <laughs> I mean, it's fine. <laughs> um, but it is, it is really enjoyable. Like, I... Definitely, like, appreciate both the time that we have with one another and the time that we have apart a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been nice. <laughs> I have not really learned this one with food because I just, you know, I will indulge. Like, I fucking love food so much that I yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I would say you're pretty good about stepping away like when you've had enough you step away from the food Sometimes. usually, usually. I mean, on, when we when we went out for for food coincidentally on Cinco de Mayo oops mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely ate way too much yeah but I I would say you know when you had food the other night though you know you had your enchilada suizas and yes. I knew you didn't eat the whole thing no I did not I think also like we have Zocalo so frequently that I'm just like over it. Like uh, that yeah. feels like we have like we have indulged in Zocalo so frequently that I'm over <laughs> yeah. having that. Because like for me, like my options are kind of limited there because everything is like full of like pico de gallo with like mm. um, onions or like the guacamole is made with onions. Mm. And like I can't do most of those things right. where it's like all mixed together already. Yeah. And so like I have a very limited, like very limited selection. Mm-hmm. And so I end up eating the same things very frequently and that's mm-hmm. exhausting. And, like, that's what we've done. And yeah. also, and I know that this is, like, probably going to be rude, but, like, I don't think their margaritas are all that great. So, like... Well, we've got the tour coming up. <laughs> we we're gonna, do. We are going... We are, we are planning. I'm so excited. <laughs> this isn't an open invite, but if you are interested, we're accepting applications for people <laughs> who wish to join us. We're going to do a margarita tour where we're yes. going to go around and try different margaritas and we're going to rate them. And it's going to be like, I don't want to say scientific, but 
there is going to be a process and the goal is actually to try and as best we can qualitatively establish which is the best margarita <laughs> in this area. Yeah. So if you're interested <laughs> and you live in the area or you want to travel here, we're, we're, we're accepting entrance. <laughs> and like, <laughs> this has been something that we have wanted to do for oh, a over while. a year. Yeah. Over a year. Because it was, I think we started talking about this in 2019. Yes. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the we pandemic. were like, yeah, we were like, let's yeah. plan it for next year because, you know, the summer is winding down. Right. There's you no know, point. We've got a lot of shit going on. And then, bam, we had fucking the pandemic. Yep. And so this year we're vaccinated. Most mm-hmm. of our friends are vaccinated and they're rolling back some of the mandates and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels like as long as it's safe, like going out there and having the margarita tour, this is the year to do it. Mm-hmm. I cannot <laughs> fucking wait. I am so excited. This was going to be just a you and me thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I love the idea of us inviting our friends along. Yeah. Because I have those now, first of all. Um, and you've like, you've always had friends, so it's not special. I don't want to hear it. Um, I don't. I, I said what I said. Um, and I, I disagree, but okay. <laughs> so I'm really excited that like we can open this up and like invite folks who you know know the area and know, um, like just are good people, like fun people to be around because. Mm-hmm. I'm like sorely missing the experience of humans. <laughs> I I think that that's I mean that's definitely related to food. I really appreciate yeah. how food brings people together, mm-hmm. and um, I I know that we said we weren't going to talk about Thanksgiving. It was stressful. We're not going to talk about that part of it. But I really liked how in 2019 when we had Thanksgiving. Yeah. That we had, like, you and your sister and your niece and my sister visited. Yeah. And we had, you know, our, our friend John and um, Meg's from out of town. Yeah. And and their partner came as well. Yeah. And, it was really like, nice. and we all sat around, like, the table and we had, and it was delicious. Like, the, the food, you did so amazing with the turkey and everything yeah, else. Yeah, whatever. And I wouldn't know. Up. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um,. The, the food was amazing and, and just having, sharing it with people, I think was really wonderful. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited about after having a year of, uh, of being bereft of social interaction, mm-hmm. having kind of a, the margarita tour as sort of a medium for reconnecting with the idea of socializing with other humans. Um, is I think an amazing idea. So very excited about this. Yeah. I, I'm really just, I'm like super (laughs) duper thrilled. I just, I, I loved it just when it was something that you and I were going to do. And I just imagined us like the way we are Mm -hmm. just sitting around tipsy on a summer evening. I'm like, I loved it, but the thought of adding our friends to that, mm-hmm. it just makes it so much cooler. So yeah. I'm yeah. very ready. I, I, you know, I'm like picking out my outfit in my head. Like I'm <laughs> that ready. Um, but I, I mean, I agree that like, 
I don't think that I had like a lot of experiences where food was like a common ground, like a, mm-hmm. you know, a place for everyone to gather. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mom like was insistent for a number of years that like, you know, we all eat dinner together or whatever, but mm-hmm. everybody ate something different, you know, and my right. mom really catered to that, even though she did so begrudgingly um and so it never felt like you know we were all gathered around the table you know Mm -hmm. enjoying the same meal or whatever um and so i have come to appreciate that a lot it's just like everybody just you know sitting around thanksgiving or whatever which like i don't particularly enjoy like it's not my holiday Mm -hmm. um but like (laughs) I do love, like, that's the one meal that, like, mm. just leave me the fuck alone. That and, like, if ever Christmas, like, leave me alone. I will make it. And, like, I, like, that's that's where I feel like, like, my time in the kitchen has come. Mm-hmm. Um, we and did then, make, I don't have the recipe handy, but we did make the cardamom carrots. Yes. And yes, they we came did. out really good. And that was such yes. a weird combination of flavors. Yeah, I, I didn't get to try them, so um, I I don't know what they tasted like, but they were good. They I'm sure they were good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun time just being with people and eating. Like that is mm-hmm. a very important thing for me is um, just being with people and sharing food. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I look forward to that. I look forward to margaritas and mm-hmm. sharing food soon with human beings that are not just you and I <laughs> or our kids those picky asses <laughs> I I like that I make guacamole that's so good that you will eat it because you hate avocados I fucking hate avocados if I want to go eat some yeah. wet grass there's plenty outside I can just go <laughs> run my tongue right over it fucking hate avocado but you like but my yes, guacamole. I do like your guacamole. <laughs> Yours is like the only one that I like. Um, so that is definitely something miraculous. But also, like mm-hmm. one other thing that you have definitely gotten me to do, mm-hmm. which no one ever, ever has, is eat onions. Like I do not like mm. onions. I would rather fucking die. But when we first started dating, you made mm-hmm. a few things where the onions were cooked down so much that even though mm. I knew they were in the dish, like yeah. I could barely like it's the crunch and that like very like pungent like yeah. hard hitting flavor that I you, cannot tolerate. You need your onions to be caramelized. Totally. Yeah. Like they need to be like falling off with the bone. <laughs> Okay, like we are not playing with anything that even feels like solid. Um, But you've made them in a way that I can appreciate the flavor Mm. of like the onion in a dish and not totally fall apart. But like if there's even like a like if I put my tooth through it and there's Mm. like even a bit of resistance, I can't do it. Like it (laughs) ruins the entire fucking dish for me. I cannot do it. Um, and it's so, such like, a shame too, because like there's so many good dishes that are like helped by that aromatic flavor. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree. <laughs> All right, I want to share with our listeners who have made it this far a recipe that I figured out after we ate at the Rook, which has been kind of like a special oh. restaurant for us. 
Okay, so it is bacon wrapped dates. And it is so good. And so what you do is you need um, bacon, whatever kind you like is fine. Mm -hmm. um, medieval dates, which you can get at most stores. Like usually they're dried out, they're in a box. Um, they look like they look like prunes, but they're not. You make sure you get dates <laughs> yeah. and not prunes. Yes. And then you'll need goat cheese, but feta works. Feta does. And then yes. if you have almonds, you can also use those. You don't need to use them though. You should get the almonds. But almonds help. I, I used pine nuts one time, and those came out okay. Yes. Um, but almonds, almonds help. So you have to start off by you have to blanch the almonds first. So. You know, boil the boil the almonds, or rather, boil water, pour it over the almonds, and then let them sit for like thirty seconds, and then like strain it, and then put the almonds into cold water, and then mm -hmm. you can just like shloop, like pop the almonds out. I don't know how many you need. Like, I've probably a quarter cup is more than enough. And then get some either the feta or the goat cheese, and you need maybe a couple tablespoons of that, and you just mix them in a bowl. You know, grind. Grind up the almonds a bit. Just mix it all together into like a paste. And then you're going to take the bacon and cut the strips in half. Um, so each, you'll have like a like a half strip of bacon. Um, cutting it in half uh, widthwise. So it should be like five, six inches long. And then you're going to take the dates. And you have to pit them. Um, if you haven't cooked with dates before, they have a very, they're a stone fruit. They have a really, really, really hard... <laughs> seed that will 100% break a tooth if the oh, tooth yeah. is wanting to break. <laughs> <laughs> I found the easiest way to do this is to uh, slit them lengthwise, like top to bottom. And then you just like kind of peel it apart a little bit and then just pop the pop the stone out and then toss it or... <laughs> so, so do that and then take like just like a little bit, like not even a full spoonful, just like some of the cheese and almond mixture and just stick it into the date and then close the date up. And then you're going to take one of the half strips of bacon, wrap it around the date. Um, you can go kind of tight with it and then hold it in place with a toothpick. And then put this on a cookie sheet. You can do it whichever way you want. Because of the toothpick, it kind of naturally wants to sit a certain way. I like to make all of them face the same way, like so they're pointing the same way, because it makes me feel happy to have them all pointing <laughs> the same way. But also, it makes it easy because you have to flip them after they've been in the oven for a while. So if they're all pointing one way, then you know you make a point the other way when you flip them. So you do this. You could make, I don't know, a dozen, maybe two dozen of these. Um, and then you throw them in the oven. I want to say 350. It might be 400 for probably 10, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, you want the bacon to cook. It should be kind of crispy. Uh, whatever pan you use, you'll want to put it on parchment paper or something and make sure that it, like, it covers the pan completely because the bacon grease will 100% spread everywhere. Yeah. So you throw it in there for 10-15 minutes and then take it out, flip them so it points the toothpick the other way, so it cooked the other side of the bacon, and then throw them in for another 5-10 minutes. If the bacon has not cooked all the way, like if it's still like fatty and squishy, then it hasn't cooked long enough. So stick it in longer and then take it out and let them cool uh, just so they're not burning your mouth. And then it is amazing. They're so good, but it's entirely worth it if you do accidentally burn your mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's still still worth it. But, still fine. But yeah. Also, 
soak your toothpicks in water so that, you know, they don't yes. get all burned and stuff. Just, you right. know, some tips I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> when when you go to, when you take them out of the oven and they're, after they've cooled, you can just remove the toothpick entirely. The bacon mm -hmm. should hold in place because it's been cooked mm -hmm. in that form. Um, they but are. They are they're so good. So fucking good. Maybe so you should make delicious. that on. Should we make that on this weekend too? Are we gonna just yes. spoil all of your friends? Uh, do we even have to invite them at this point? Well, it's gonna make too much food if we don't. Okay. I fail to. You don't see eat leftovers, which means I, I have to eat all of it. That's true. <laughs> <sighs> fine. Fine. Okay. Fine. <laughs> I guess we can invite people. <laughs> I mean, I am biased and I want them now. And so I would say absolutely. Absolutely, okay. I do. Um, <laughs> that give me some incentive to show up. <laughs> yeah, I'm like... Ugh. Food is, like, the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I'm sure, like, if anybody is just stumbling upon this podcast just one random day, mm -hmm. um, that, like, there's no, like, real understanding of, like, my absolute, like, adoration and love, 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 love of food. Like, from the bottom of my heart, it's, like, <laughs> food than everything else. Like, kids right. and then you and, like, you're all below food. Mm -hmm. Um I'm not offended by that. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> My kids would be, so let's not tell them. Um, <laughs> uh, but, like, there's not a whole lot that, like, my mother and my sisters and I, like, shared. Mm -hmm. Like, a, a real love for. Like, for, for the four of us, we have, like, a couple of things that are just, like, something deeply appreciated by all of us. And that's really like music or whatever. But like one of the things that us girls, like heard my mother's daughters shared was like this deep, deep love of food mm -hmm. and trying different things and like definitely going out to eat and stuff like that. And so when my middle sister passed away, um, my baby sister and I were sitting in front of the funeral home. You know, we just said like our goodbyes. We'd, you know, gone through some processes and stuff like that. Um, and so it was just my sister and I sitting outside the funeral home with my middle sister's like ugly ass fucking bright red purse. This mm. thing is like, a like it was so my sister that I wasn't surprised, <laughs> but it was ugly as shit. Um, and my baby sister is looking through the purse, you know, and like we find like a half eaten cookie and there's like condiments, like salt and pepper and like ketchup packets and shit. And then like out of nowhere, she pulls out a fucking spoon <laughs> and like, you can tell this spoon has been, like, used and licked clean and thrown back into the purse. <laughs> and, like, that was, like, how my sister existed. You know, like, everything she did was, like, always on the go. But, like, she made time to eat wherever she could. And she worked, like, a lot of the time in, like, the, the food service industry and stuff like that. Like, she was a really great hostess and she was a really great waitress. And then she worked for a catering company and all that other stuff. Like, she seemed to really excel in that where, mm -hmm. like, I would die. 
And, uh, so, like, you know, she was used to just, like, eating on the run. She had four kids and, like, you know, just constantly on the go, just hauling ass. And so, like, that was the first experience with my baby sister and I where, like, we could just share, like, a little bit of levity mm-hmm. in a situation that was clearly, like, just, you know, very grief-ridden. Um, and, like, we just both started fucking dying laughing. And, like, I knew at that moment that I was getting a spoon tattooed on my body. <laughs> like, it was that. I was like, this yeah. moment, this moment, this crazy-ass woman, the love <laughs> that we share for food, like, that has to be put on my body. Mm-hmm. And so... um. Shortly after that, like, we had a memorial service for my sister out here in Ithaca so that our family out here could participate um, in a way that they couldn't when we were handling this all in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And um, so I called a tattoo parlor from where I was living in Washington State. And I was like, I'm only going to be in town this weekend. Um, I don't know who your artists are. I have no idea. You know, Mm -hmm. what I need is a black and white piece or like not black and white, but black and gray piece um, on my arm. And I'm like, I cannot draw to save my fucking life, but I have a sketch. I'm going to send it to you. And like the guy, the artist, like, you know, he gave me his number. We, you Mm -hmm. know, exchanged texts. I sent him a picture of the thing that I drew and he turned it into this fucking masterpiece yeah. that is now on my forearm. And, like, my favorite thing is, like, people noticing that I have a fucking spoon tattooed on my arm. And, like, you know, I never have to get into, like, the reason why I got it. Because mm-hmm. um, just loving food is enough without mm-hmm. making people fucking depressed. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, that there is a spoon on my arm, like fills me with so much joy. Uh, <laughs> because like what a testament to my love of food and like sharing that one thing like with my siblings is a really cool thing. Like, um, since we don't all get to like spend a lot of time together and obviously you know one of them has passed and like so it's a nice thing that like just connects us and so yes there is a spoon tattooed (laughs) on my arm i also have lobsters tattooed on like my elbow which i always forget about but like (laughs) but that's not food related really but it is it could be food um so yeah so i on my left forearm, I have a cinnamon bun tattoo. You do? Yes. <laughs> I was there when you got it. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I think that was when you got your lobster tattoo, actually. Nope. Uh, okay, when you got your cinnamon bun, I yeah. got my vampire teeth. Okay, yes. You're right. Yes. Um, <laughs> we have food-related tattoos because we're nerds. Yes. It's great. Well, thank you all for listening to our lengthy discussion <laughs> about food. Uh, <laughs> I would like to know if if you have any like bomb ass recipes that you want to share. Oh, my please God, I love that. tell us. Yes. So we will pop the socials in the show notes. We'll mm-hmm. actually do it this time because yeah. Aaron handled all the 
like the post-processing good stuff this time. It. Oh, yeah. I'm so proud of you. Uh, it was amazing. But you also forgot to put our socials in the show notes. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so um, I Two will do three that. Two out No, you did fucking fantastic. <laughs> I, you know me, I'm always going to think about the social. Um, and so we'll put them in the show notes and that way you can send us all your good stuff because now I need to know what your favorite recipes are or like mm-hmm. most cherished or beloved. Or if you have a special fucking day of the year, like what's that like? I want to know <laughs> what you eat on that special day of the year. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm like really excited now. You have to send them. Now you're obligated. If you listen to this, now you have to send a recipe. Otherwise, you can't you you can't listen to the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's fair. Till next time. Yeah. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Virtual high five. Go ahead. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. <laughs>